Hey, this is Arthur Adams, and you are listening to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the janitary head of the Avengers West Coast Division, Craig. Kid threw up in the back lot. I'm going to need more sawdust for this. Also with us today, we have the janitary super enforcer for the Great Lakes Avengers, CBS. The only thing good about this job is the cute squirrel girl. The rest of it can burn. Also with us today, we have janitary master for the Avengers, Rob. I'm, I'm just glad that Beast isn't on the team anymore. Hair clogs. <laughs> We're out of control. Disgusting. Yes. Yeah. They were in places you didn't expect. Sink, toilet, shower, didn't matter. You heard it here first. If there was water, it had hair clogging up. Rob <laughs> hates muties. Oh, no. Blue hair in it. Especially Beast Moody's. It could have been somebody else, but I'm pretty sure he's the only one with blue hair. Janitor's Assemble! Janitor's Assemble! There you go. Well, most underpaid position probably in the Avengers. But that's alright. You know. It's not as glamorous as you think. Well, we do, get, we do know a lot of the secrets. Granted, it's the gross secrets. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be doing episode number 113. That's half an unlucky number. Oh yeah. Uh, so today we're going to be doing a little, little different format. I guess we're going to go movies again. I mean, uh, we've had a, a few, sh- well, actually a slew of movies come out this whole last month that are comic-oriented, pop culture So, I mean, not comic book talk today, I guess. We'll, we'll probably talk about that too. But anyway, today we're going to be going over the Avengers Infinity War movie. It's not part one anymore. They changed that, right? So just Infinity War. Yeah, I think they're doing a second, a different title. For- oh, well, they are. They, they haven't announced it, uh, it. Part one after it got released. No. Yeah, they originally called it Infinity or Avengers Infinity War Part One, and apparently they decided to just drop it to Infinity War. And then the part two, they have not announced the name because apparently the name is spoilery. Hmm. Yeah, I, well, the way I understand it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I, what I had understood originally was that they wanted to make sure that the two films stood on their own, so they didn't want to do a part one, part two. Yeah, it makes sense. That's all right. Yeah, they didn't want to, you know, pull any uh, Twilight stuff, you know, where it's just like obviously cut in half. Mm. Or Harry Potter stuff. Yes. Take that, Harry Potter. I mean, Harry Potter just followed the natural progression of shiny vampires. Nice. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a good trend. It wasn't a good trend when it happened. That's true. Um, let's see. So do we have any news today, Rob? Comic book news? Uh, we have a little bit. Okay. Um, so there's going to be a book called X Classified. Which well, that's what this title in the catalogs to order. I don't think that's actually the name of the book, is it? Uh, at this point, it's still classified, along with the artist and the writer and all sorts of stuff. So title-wise, I, everything's still classified on it, so we don't know if that's actually even the real title, right? Yeah, at, at this point, I, I'm pretty sure that all they're saying is like, in June, we'll know what's what. So last time they did this, when they were trying to sell us a trade, there was a bunch of reprint Captain America stuff. That was a full, like, $20 book. Oh, you'll have to have this to understand the next batch of Captain America stuff. And we, we did get one at the store, just for the nuance of it. 
And, uh, yeah, it was a bunch of reprints and then issue one and two again. So, yeah, I guess if you'd never read Captain America before, you might have needed it. If you didn't know he was frozen ice, you didn't know there was anything happening, then, yeah, you, you, that's, yeah, it was necessary. Now, granted, they haven't toted this as being the next groundbreaking thing, but, you know. Anyway, and that led to what did we learn today, Rob? Well, we did know that there was going to be a variant cover and a virgin variant cover, and those were both going to be done by J. Scott Campbell. At this point, they are canceled, and they did not release a reason, and that they're not going to be re-solicited. So... I think there's actually three J. Scott Campbells. There's a normal one, and then there's the whatever the other one was, and then the the Virgin one. So they might still be doing one. Yeah, the the B cover and the Virgin cover, the two that are are canceled for sure. Right. So that makes me think that they were under ordered so heavily that they just canceled them. I mean, Campbell's connected with one of those sites that does his own covers for stuff. So we've been getting J. Scott Campbell variant covers for all kinds of things. Grand the things you can only get through his website at twenty to twenty five dollars a book. So he gets two thousand copies made and turns around and sells them at twenty dollars a pop and then sends you slews of emails about him if you ever, ever, ever got an email from him before, which unfortunately one time I did. So I get lots of emails. Don't get me wrong, they're good they're good pictures, but twenty dollar variant cover, dude, just because you decide to do it yourself. Mm, yeah, I don't know about that. Twenty five because you want the signature? Ah yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That's me, though. Everybody else do whatever you like. Frank Cho does it, too, and I say the same thing. I love Frank, but no, I'm good. Anyway, was there more to that, Rob, or did I just go on a tirade? I, and that was pretty much it for for that. Okay. Um, I felt like there was something else. Like We know that they're going to be aiming the Hulk at the Alpha Flight Squad for some reason. As far as why, don't know yet. Um uh, well, somebody's got to make them popular, right? Well, they're using the title line, at least, with the whole uh, space station. So we have the Alpha Flight space satellite thing, which Captain Marvel has been hanging out at during her space weirdness. But, yeah, I guess it's true. They haven't really been in the limelight for a minute. Yeah, just in the uh, Captain Marvel book. Well, that in the new Avengers book. But it's the same thing, though. We don't really see any the characters. It's a name drop. So for all we know, it's just the bases name that, and there's none of them in it. Well, in the, in the Captain Marvel stuff, we had a lot of the people that we knew from old Alpha Flight. In the Captain Marvel, oh, I was talking about the Avengers, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Oh, you're good. Um, there is actually another piece of news, I guess, for Marvel, which is we might be saying goodbye to Guardians of the Galaxy as a title, because coming out of Infinity Countdown, it looks like we're going to have Infinity Watch start up again. And it looks like it's going to pick up the Guardians team. Huh, so. interesting. Well, we know we're getting uh, Infinity Prime, which is the next section of the countdown. So it goes Countdown Prime, and then I guess after that is the end of it, I guess. So Watch must be running either during it or right after it, maybe? Uh, Probably. It may end up starting right after Prime. Hmm. Disappointing. Here was the perfect opportunity to go with Ass Kickers of the Unknown. <laughs> and but they didn't no, go with it. They didn't take it. Yeah. They didn't. Well, it's because it's Marvel. Yeah, Mar- they Marvel. yeah, Marvel's still a little touchy about the ass. Somehow. <laughs> I don't think that's how you're supposed to say uh, that. No? <laughs> well, I mean, that's how you're supposed to do that, but it's not. I don't think you're supposed to say it that way. Somebody's going to grab that. That's Well, depends on what it is. That's not always true. I mean, we've got two different versions of Squirrel Girl. We have U.S. Avengers Squirrel Girl, and then we have Squirrel Girl 
her own book, Squirrel Girl. Which I guess both are amply grabbable, but one you want to, and the other one you're like, ah, mm. ah I don't know about that. Maybe they'll resurrect uh, Marvel Black series, and uh, they'll have ass kickers of the unknown in that. Mm. Marvel Max. Oh, you mean, Marvel yeah, Max. I was going to say yeah. Max. Okay. And Max, maybe? DC Black series or something like that. Well, there, so there was, there's Marvel Max, and there was... Uh, uh, Marvel Knights, and Marvel Knights was a little more extreme, but it wasn't, it wasn't Max. But even Max was just for the sake of using swear words, so. <laughs> DC never really had one of those. They have Vertigo, but they never really had like an extreme, extreme version of DC. I mean, they did do a Just League Dark, but that's not nearly the same thing. Yeah, I thought Vertigo was pretty extreme back then. No, day, it was, though. for sure. Even the newer stuff is still extreme, but it's not, not that, not that style level. It's more like there's a lot more death and we deal with more messed up kind of stuff, I guess. Right. It's, it's more like, it wasn't like Die Hard. I mean, uh, it, but it was more gritty than, uh, <laughs> Superman or the mainstream sure. titles. I'd say Vertigo was like ex- extreme with purpose, whereas Max was extreme because we can get away with it. Oh, right. Right. Sounds about right to me. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. And then there is a, a new title to kind of keep an eye on from uh, Dynamite, mm-hmm. which is going to be called The Switch. And I'm sure I'm saying this name wrong, so I'm sorry, but Keith Champion hmm. is going to be the the creator but um, basically, he was kind of looking at his own life and seeing how people have changed from his time when he, when he knew them in school and how people can just kind of evolve. And so he wanted to apply that to a kind of superhero world. So we're going to have a villain character that you know has, has kind of grown up and changed over time and is now making the switch to being a hero. So sounds like a neat idea. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that, I guess, as we... Get more information. Sure. Sounds neat. Well, we know Joelle Jones is getting a Catwoman storyline. Like, she's getting her own Catwoman book, which that's awesome because she's amazing. Yeah. If you guys don't know who that is, you should uh, Google her. Uh, if you've been reading Batman, then, well, you've been reading stuff that she's drawn. Like, all the Catwoman, Rasa, or Catwoman Talia Ghoul Batman stuff was drawn by her. And then the Catwoman uh, dress issue was is her. So, if you're reading proper Batman, then you've already seen her art. So... Follow her over to her Catwoman because I think that'll be great. She's also a good writer too. I mean, you can reference uh, Lady Killer, uh, Volume One or Two. So yeah, dig that chick a lot. She's awesome. Anyway, uh, some new stuff. I don't know if there's anything else that's like concrete new stuff. I mean, we know there's going to be. Well, we, I guess we finally got a tr- sort of a trailer for Deadly Class. Uh, it's on YouTube now, so you can Google it. It's like a trailer mixed in with director commentary kind of stuff. So it has like. The two directors behind it, which are also the same guys who did The Avengers, which is interesting. I mean, Avengers Affinity War, excuse me. So the movie we're about to talk about, so it sort of connects, sort of. At least for the first episode, and I don't know if that's going to stick that way or not, but the two of them talk about it for a minute. Um, and we get some sequences from the show, and it's pretty action-oriented, which makes sense for the book. And we see at least half the cast, and most of them look awesome. So, I would say Google it. I mean, it's a another comic book turned to TV show. So, I think that'll be great. So, I guess that's sort of news. Sort of. Maybe. Kind of. No, that's news. It's newsworthy. Well, you know, it's a thing. People talk about it. We we were talking about it. I was talking about it. Mm-hmm. There we go. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's, well, that's all I've got right now news-wise. I don't feel like there's anything else that was completely compelling or crazy. Craig, Rob, anything? No? Mm, not really. All right. I just know that uh, in IDW, the uh, Transformers verse is about to uh, wrap up, and uh, I think at the end of that, they're going to do a hard reboot and start all over from scratch. That's what they made it sound like. Yeah, we're doing Unicron, and... They did do a free comic day preview book for Unicron issue one. So that's already come out, but the regular series itself is starting as a mini series. And I guess, yeah, like you were saying, they're going to reboot it after that, I guess. And it sounds like hard reboots. So I guess we'll see if that one's being the truth or not. Yeah. It sounded like, uh, all the current artists and writers are not going to be part of it. So yeah, sounds pretty hard. That's crazy. Well, considering it's been going so long, that's, yeah, that is crazy. Yeah, I guess you're gonna rock the boat. Might as well sink it? No? That's not a saying? No, I don't, I don't think that's a saying. Should be. This is probably also a chance for them to now separate the Hasbro universe? I don't think they're aiming for that though. Like this whole intermingled universe, I think that's the direction they're heading. So maybe it's more solidified of that, cause like Transformers up to this point has been separate. So is G.I. Joe, and then they did Revolution. A Revolution merged things, but I don't feel like the regular standalone series has really dealt with the other sides at all. Yeah. Except for ROM. I mean, ROM and Micronauts, I guess, both of them did. But they were also both, both also brand new series coming into this whole mixed universe, so. Hmm. As far as that goes, it's pretty tight-lipped. Um, nobody really knows anything ahead of time. But I suspect that Hasbro on that end is going to be more involved rather than less involved because it's been such a cash cow for them. Right. As far as comic goes. But, uh, I think they're going to get more involved and there's going to be more executive meddling in the, uh, universe and whatever. So I expect, uh, that, uh, if the, uh, Hasbro verse is going to be a thing, it's going to be more mixing and whatnot than less. It's going to be more meddling. I assume that's what they're going to aim for. Cause I don't, up, like I said, up until this point, I don't feel like the regular books have really been affected by it, other than the ones pre-mentioned. I mean, Action Man, of course, which was a short-lived title, but it wasn't built to be long, I don't think. Revolution itself was set up as a miniseries, so even it wasn't designed to be long. But I don't feel like any of the other storylines have really connected, really. I mean, save the miniseries. Yeah. So, anyway, well, it'll be interesting to see where that goes and if it winds up turning into a thing. Uh, so that's that's interesting. We did see some new news from Valiant, and it's hard to say if it's some really true or not, but we've seen pictures lately of a Vin Diesel-looking bloodshot, and it makes it sound like maybe the theatrical movies are not going to be connected to the Bat in the Sun YouTube stuff they've been doing. So... Which, I mean, it doesn't totally surprise me, just considering the amount of money flowing into Sony now from the whole combination of Spider-Man. So maybe that's where they're funneling it to. Which, I mean, if that's the case, Diesel can lead movies by himself, so I'd be alright with that. I mean, I always thought Jason David Franks would make a much better ninjack anyway. <laughs> I mean, the dude does ninja stuff his entire career, so now you're going to try to make him a Swiss Army knife? I don't know about that. Well, maybe may not Swiss Army knife, like a, like an army soldier guy, which I mean that can work too. Whatever, I mean the dude doing fight sequences is fine, so whatever. But I think Diesel's more of a 
in my head, he screams more Punisher than me than David Franks does. Well, and he's a little bit more marketable. That's true. I mean, as much as David Franks is that, you know, he is, he's still, if you see him and you recognize him, you don't recognize him as just an actor. You recognize him as. He's a Power Ranger. Power Ranger. Yeah, he's like the Power Ranger dude. How does that work out? You're the guy hired to the cast last, and you want to be in the one that's like the most important of, of all of them. Well, I'm, everybody loves an anti-hero. That's true. I mean, you can you can go with that. You can go with that. He just had a lot of markability. You can also go that he just didn't have anything else going on, and so he just stuck around. You're acting like the other ones did. <laughs> they didn't stick around. They didn't stick around. That's true. They didn't stick around, but they didn't do anything either. Well, I mean, they, they moved on. They did Come other on. things in their life, sort of. Jason is an EMT. That's true. Well, he is the only him. one that has fulfilled the promise of the Power Rangers. Oh. He actually goes out and helps people. Is he the same one we all thought did porn? No, that was a different guy. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I hear he's kind of a jerk, actually. <laughs> That's what I hear. Yeah. I don't know. The few that you feed a human that we've A jerk that saves your life. It's true. It's true. Don't why. do stupid things, and he doesn't have to save your life. That's a good point. There's any reason to be nice to you if you're not being stupid. That's true. I don't know. All of them that we've managed to meet over time, whether it be Ernie or whether it be Jason, David Frank Jason, or Kimberly, whose real name is, man, uh, Jamie Joe Amy Johnson. Jo Amy, Amy Joe, yeah, Amy Joe. All have been nice enough when I met, when I, when we met them or dealt with them. And like of that group, surprisingly, the one I've actually talked to the most is Jason David Frank, just because he did all those press junkets back in Colorado, Colorado Springs. So like, there's multiple days in a row that there's pictures that he takes on his. So he takes a lot of cell phone pictures. He's very, very. Uh, he likes his Instagram. Yes, he likes his Instagram, and he's he's very uh, internet. No, not internet. He's very social network savvy. Let's go with that. Okay. So dude takes a lot of selfies. So there's like two or three or maybe even four of them from there that I'm like in the middle of the background because he's taking the selfie inside the press room with those of us that were there for the press junkets. And I'm like, huh, I wonder if he's going to realize I'm in every one of these. And I thought he never looks at these. <laughs> and even if he did, like what difference does that make? Because it doesn't make any difference at all. Anyway, nice enough guy. Well, I wasn't trying to be. No, no. It's, me, it's me the Polly Shore situation is what I'm getting. No, I fully agree. You can't put Polly Shore into a Western movie because you'll see him and say, oh, it's Polly Shore. Shore. You can't put him in a, in a Knights in Armor movie because it doesn't matter how much armor he's in. If you see his face, he's Polly Shore. Yeah. So the dude made himself a thing, and then that ruined him being a thing. Yeah, I mean, he'd have to do uncredited masked roles to get out of that, and I don't. He just hasn't done that. No. No, he hasn't. Anyhow, um, well, I think that's enough sort of news. <laughs> I think, right? Maybe no. Yeah, no, it's, mm -hmm. it's more than we had. We can move on. All right, so let's move on to the uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Yeah, so that's what people are here for. Well, that and for the colorful lights. Oh, they can't see those. Ah, uh, that's just for the two of you. They'll have to. They'll have to upgrade to the new uh, Visionorama version of the ah, podcast. Get on that, folks. Starting no? now. Yeah, there you go. Upgrade there you to go. premium. Hey, yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. There's a donation button right on the side of the page. There you go. That's where you do it. You can make the dream. Thank a you. Thank you. Collapse of net neutrality. <laughs> oh my God. Um, alright, so, what do you want to open up with, Rob? I mean, who, do, do, do you, do you guys remember the name of the directors? 
It's the Russo brothers, I think. No, it's the, it is the Russo brothers. It's a successful movie, so there's many fathers, right? Well, so. that's not. There have been many directors before them, but this particular movie, uh, they're the same dudes that did uh, Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on, no, not Winter Soldier. Oh, did they? Yeah, Winter they Soldier? did Winter Soldier and Civil War. And Civil War. That's the one I was thinking of, but yeah, the both. Yeah. They've actually they've they've done very well so far in the Marvel verse, um, and they've snuck in a few of their own little cameos as well. I here's the good thing and the bad thing, right? If you're if you're not an Uber film fan, people only recognize your name for two reasons: either you're stellar or you're terrible, and that's it. Like as a director, most people don't they just don't follow you. Yeah, well, that's how it works in Hollywood too. Yeah, you're only as good as your last film. Well, well, unless you're in Night. Or is bad. Yeah, and Night Shyamalan gets to survive that. Yeah. Somehow he rides the wave on both sides. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. He's not bad. He's not yeah. bad director. He's not good either. Yeah. Go that's on. That's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um, but no, I, that that's pretty much the end of that. I mean, at this point, like a lot of the films that people think of the flavor of Marvel have come from him, which is, or from them, the, the brothers, which is kind of, I think, following on where Fabros was at. I know that, um. Well, he's still mixing it too. I think that's one of the good things is that Marvel, even though they do different directors, there's still like a core group of folks that they are, that they run things through before they do things. So it's not like a room with like eight guys that got hired this week to try to put this thing together and here's two scripts. It's like a bunch of people that worked on things up until this point, including folks that are like in the comic book scene of things too. This is true. So it's like a mix and match of like a cabal of people to make the decisions whether this is going to be okay or not. Are they always perfect? No. But at the same time, they do a pretty good job. Right. Well, and, and I you, think that's probably why the reason why they're so good down is agreed. that. Yeah. They uh, do, you know, get run through, I don't know, a group of people that knows what they're doing and at least kind of likes their subject matter. I, well, mean, I think it helps that we've, that we've got guys that have written the books and not they, just like one year worth of writing. We're right. talking like three or four years worth of writing that are on the team. I mean, if I go to a Marvel, a Marvel movie, I know at worst it's going to be, you know, an enjoyable movie. True. I may not go out of it going... That was the best movie I saw, but I, I will leave it going. I didn't regret spending ten bucks to see that movie, right? And I know that the next one will probably be better or whatever. No, totally agreed. Yeah, as a thing in general, I mean, like you were saying earlier, they these the, the Russo brothers they they put peppers of things from other shows they worked on. Yeah, yeah, they've had they've had quite a few things in there from some of their other films. So Easter egg style, but um, I guess one thing before we go into any of that was just that you know they they, they do have a clear idea in Marvel where they want to go, whether that's always right or not. Like Craig had said, it's there, and you know unfortunately we have to compare that to what Warner Bros is doing with DC. No, we don't. Uh, well, I think, I think jokes, you kind of have to, you know. As a joke. I was trying to ignore that 400 pound gorilla in the room, but. The gorilla okay. is awesome. Since, since it's brought up. Well, I, the, the only point I want to make is just that, you know, Justice League was Justice League. And instead of it being, no, don't worry, we have goal, 
they went, ah, that was Scott Snyder's. That was, that was all him. Should have seen the film before the other guy came in. It was unwatchable. They just, they just throw him under the bus. Whereas with Marvel, they may be too controlling, which is why we lost Edgar Wright, I guess, for Ant-Man. Yeah. But at least they have this vision and, and, you know, you're never going to just go, Oh, well, Ultron wasn't great, so get out here under the bus. This was all his fault, you know? <laughs> right. Like, and they don't seem to be doing that because they have a greater idea of where they're going. And it feels like that. It feels like they've done a good job of that. Nobody, no, no series just is kind of like, let's just see if we can get away with this and throw it out there. So far, it seems like it's always building. I'm just always been impressed that. They throw out titles that uh, nobody would probably have heard of. And done pretty good with and them. And done great with them. Yeah. Like, unless you're a comic book fan, I would guarantee you nobody would know about, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, absolutely not, huh? So you'd go into it expecting a lesser movie. And it's one of the best ones in the series. All right. Well, like Ant Man, like it didn't opening weekend didn't get the traction that other movies got, but by the second weekend it already matched par with everything else. So like as a thing in general, like it had the least amount of following probably opening weekend wise, and it caught back up with everybody else regardless. I mean, yeah, it didn't overpower Avengers by any means, but Avengers is Avengers, and right. Ant Man is only one part of that. It's because Avengers would have the. The names of Marvel. Right, well, yeah, character-wise. 10, 15 years ago or whatever, you could uh, talk to the average person on the street and they'd probably name you, uh, name you, you know... At least three six, of those, yeah. Six uh, DC heroes before they uh, named, you know, one Marvel guy. And that Marvel guy might be Thor or might be, you know, Captain America but they'd be hard-pressed to name too many more of that. But now, you know, Marvel is probably as big or bigger than any of the DC characters, and the DC characters are not doing so good in the movie theater. Mm. You know, they got the big guns, but they don't know how to use them. Um, They haven't been terribly effective with them lately. Right. I mean, it just created a new fan base, so now you have comic fans and comic movie fans and that comic movie fan base can actually work. So, yeah. Um, I, I guess the thing that the Russos have, have kind of slipped in. So if you're a fan of community, that's where most of the Easter eggs have come from, from them. They're using a lot of the cast members and different characters. And I guess even like a random truck that was from the community is actually in civil war. It's fine. There's a guy that, like wanted to be a part of the blue man group that was a part of the community show that had a point where he was all blue. He's in the collector's collection in Avengers Infinity War. So you have to like watch in the background for him to pop up. But they've been sneaking in stuff like that from community. It's so, funny. Like, yeah. So kind of as extra Easter egg stuff if you want to go back. Well, when you watch it at home, yeah. whether you understand what's from or not, at least you know it was from something else. Yeah. I don't know, I think that's, I think that's neat. That's, I think it's cool. I, I think they've done a good job of it because, you know, you, if you do recognize it, you do. If you don't, then it's not blatant. Sure. At least not so far. 
Well, movie-wise, like, there's a lot that happens in Infinity War. So do we want to try to go over things we liked, or do we want to go over things that were wrong from the comic books? Or it, that? Let's start out by... So first, Infinity War was based off a comic book called... The Infinity Gauntlet. Correct. It's the closest adaption thing-wise, and that's where most of the stuff draws from. I, ironically, not Infinity War. No, that was the sequel. Infinity <laughs> Gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah, so in the comic oh. books... Right. That explains a lot, doesn't it? Now it makes sense. Yeah, if you read Infinity War, you're going to be like, what? That didn't what? happen. Based on... Huh? What movie who's, did I watch? Who is this purple guy? Right, exactly. And we're not talking about Thanos. Oh. He's a totally different purple guy. Oh, we're talking about Magi? David Tennant? Magi? Mega, 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 mega. There are so many purple time guys in the Marvel universe. Only, now. only two that matter. Mm. Only two that matter. Mm. For this particular story, Megas is the one we're talking about. Uh. So in the comic books, yeah, it goes Infinity Gauntlet. The sequel was Infinity War, and then the what's the third one called? Is it Infinity Crusade? Well, that's the name of it. What do you call that? There's the original sequel and. Trequel? The trilogy? Trilogy. 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 That's what the word I was looking for. Yeah, this, this the trilogy book. That's, that is something different. Mm. This before prequels was, you know, a thing. Right. So the, the third part for Infinity Gauntlet is Infinity Crusade. And I doubt we'll get pieces from that. I mean, we already kind of have the main character from that, the goddess character. We kind of have her in the movies already. Because she's the golden lady from the planet of gold people the one that's making adam warlock according to the end of guardians of the galaxy guardians 2 yeah. which by the way if you're still listening and you're like man these guys are talking about crap i don't want to hear this is all going to be spoiler stuff guys so it's yeah i'm I mean, pretty sure it was in the title right kind of I, but you know it's, it's one of those things episode 113 infinity war we're going to talk about infinity war i did say that didn't i yes. okay yeah, th- things, we're good then things might be spoiled we're good then all across the universe so if you haven't seen other movies too well good luck with that yeah if you haven't seen some of the other marvel movies they're gonna get spoiled too i mean hey. okay that's how it is i might ruin and if you haven't seen some of those other uh, movies why are you listening to this podcast that's probably true well you should anyway or at least fast forward to the end now yeah. subscribe just, just subscribe just, just subscribe and leave yeah. a comment go I haven't watched any of the Marvel movies yet. I'm going to come back and do it and just let it play. I'm listening That's to this fine. podcast so I don't have to watch the movies. And yeah, we might ruin other movies for you, too. I mean, the Truman Show, the guy's living in a TV show. So. Oh, my God. I know. I didn't see that I know. Yet. You didn't see it coming, did you? Ouch. That's how I like to throw the punches. Like, you don't see it coming. That was a, that was a quick one. Truman Show. Well, Jim you Carrey. saved two hours of my life. I guess. I, I try to do. I try to help. That's that's all. I'm, I'm a helper. You know what? Ace Ventura is way creepier now. <laughs> I watched that just a little while ago. I never realized how creepy that movie was. I remember liking it. That's funny. And going now, now I'm like, why did they ever think this was acceptable to make a a cartoon and then b a child spinoff? Because it's creepy. <laughs> Cable Guy makes so much more sense now. That's, that dude just saw the future. He was like, no, this is he's not funny. He's creepy. That's hilarious. If you watch Ace so Ventura again now, it's you, you're going to see it, and you're going to be like, wow, this is really cringeworthy. Like, the faces he makes, the things that he does, holy cow. I don't... I remember Jim Carrey being really funny. It is funny. In Ace Ventura, and now I watch it, and I go, wow. He is 
creepy mofo. <laughs> well, he is crazy. So there's that. Well, he is crazy, yeah. But that's all right. I mean, you know, maybe he's right and we're all living in a fake world and then the reality is actually reality. It's quite possible. You mean the Truman Show? No. The Truman Show was a movie that he was in. You mean a number 13? No. I mean, in real life, not believing that any of us are real. I couldn't remember the date, the Sunshine movie, the Immaculate Sunshine Oh, yeah, I couldn't tell you. That that film is crazy, though. (laughs) That one's crazy, too. Maybe it's just all his movies that made him weird. Maybe. That's all right, though. I mean, he paints. Does he think he doesn't live in reality? Uh, There's been some videos that come out that seem that way, yeah. Is he, like, connected to the Eli Musk thing where we're living in the Matrix? I don't think he's connected to Musk at all, but it's a very similar concept. Huh. Yeah, where I'm, like, alternate reality, sure. Okay. Merging realities? Okay, sure. Fake reality? I don't know, man. Maybe. I mean, I guess. I guess it depends on what you're prescribed to. That's an entire different conversation, and that spun way more different than I expected it to. Yeah, yeah, we're getting a long way from Infinity War. All I was trying to do is throw eggs at the wall. That's all I was trying to do. What are you telling me? Is Infinity War so bad that we're trying to avoid avoid this thing? You've seen Infinity War, (laughs) you know it's not bad. No, I know saying, you saw it because you're there with me. I already spoiled my in my opinion anyway because yeah. I already said that the worst it would be is, you know, entertaining. It's still good? Oh, all right, then. I'm just saying that Jim Carrey should probably be Plastic Man in D.C. Oh, my God. You know how that amazing would that awesome. would be? That would be great. That, that would, would be, work awesome. Yeah, man. A lot of reasons. I think he's a little crazy, but he's a benign kind of crazy. Yeah, well, he's not like... Bad. That would manager. fit Plastic Band 100. percent Might have to turn down the creepy a little bit, but get a hold. You gotta get on. Get a hold of his agent. He's already halfway made out of elastic, so he can be Plastic Man. Yeah, Rubber Man. He's already there. Mm-hmm. Heck yeah, totally doable. He totally doable. looks like him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I can. Yeah, just slap the, the goggles on him. Exactly. Go- goggle goggles in the onesie, and you're good. Mm-hmm. Done. Totally fits. 100%. Man, that's amazing casting. Good job. I think he's actually less expensive now. He used to be the most expensive actor in Hollywood. I don't know why you throw that out there, Rob. It's like pushing the guy under the bus. I'm just saying. It's already bad enough that I made fun of him and called him crazy. So he's going to shoot somebody. It's probably me. Maybe he should take less. And then he could be Plastic Man. Be this awesome. Hell yeah. It's like Ryan Reynolds. Right. Yeah. That's a, maybe he doesn't know that. I'm sure he probably does. I mean, after all, the first movie is Rubber, rubber Man or Rubber Face. Rubber something. Anyway, Something like that, that's yeah. enough Jim Carrey, my God. Yeah, he's not, we don't even need to. He doesn't connect to this at all. No. Yet. Yet. Well, and if he does on the side that Rob's well, suggesting, it'd damn. be DC, so it's not plastic, the same. Plastic Man is DC, so they'll try and make it, like, grim and gritty and edgy and... But he does have a terrible backstory. Mm-hmm. He does. Yeah, working for the mob and... Well, I guess there's two different back... It doesn't matter. Plastic Man's benign in the situation. Rob, tell me some stuff about Infinity War. Well, there's, there's actually a lot of things that happen in Infinity War, and I think one of the biggest things is that we have we have a year to speculate on what's going to really stick in Infinity War. So, hopefully you've watched the film. Um, but let's just go ahead and talk a little bit about the opening of the film. We, we begin right off the bat with Thanos making his appearance on... What's left of a, the Asgardian cruiser? Yep. Which I mean, it's not really an Asgardian cruiser, but you know, well, it's a ship that the that the refugees and the escapes Asgard being destroyed by Surtur in order to destroy Hela, which also ruins another movie if you haven't watched it. But that's all right. 
So yes, it can be. It can be. Yeah, it's a ship from the battle planet, but whatever. Yeah. So one of the things that I didn't actually think about that somebody has brought to my attention is that you know we we of course don't see most of the rest of the gladiators from the World War Hulk story, and we don't see Valkyrie or a lot of the other Asgardians. So there's a pretty good possibility that they actually escaped, went into some kind of escape pods and have left. So we could actually see them making an appearance again in the next Avengers. Mm. It's possible, but others battle only one. War, uh, battle World Gladiators? I don't see it. No, I don't, I don't think we'll see Dougie. Or, There's well, a possibility that... I think the only one of that group that would be a name drop that would maybe have survived and show up would be Valkyrie. Yeah. And only because she was created for the last movie. So as a thing, I, what I would like is I'd like a movie that is a go-between movie that is Sif and Valkyrie explore the universe and each other. Because I think that would be awesome. No? Only me? Okay. I'm on board for it. See, I like how Craig's on. Why is that means I'm in the wrong place if Craig's on board with me, isn't it? It means I've stirred the car so far left. It's only because huh. I want to see Sif do uh, more stuff. No, it would she be nice. Cool character Jamie Alexander. Apparently, yeah. according to the directors in the interviews, they've said that said that Sif is dead. That Sif is one of the ones that died. But yeah, like, how or when? Well, who knows? Because she wasn't in the last two movies. I didn't see it in the movie, so it didn't happen. It's true. Well, and then there there is a strong possibility that this is clearing out all of the Asgardians. Oh yeah. So that we can clearly. Well, I mean, it, okay, so if they have been only one other franchise, well, fared worse in terms of survivability on this movie. Well, the other one already has movie scheduled. That's why we'll their get, deaths are we'll hollow. Get, we'll get to that one here in a minute. Go on, Rob. Well, I mean, I, I guess I was jumping sort of towards the end there, but uh, for for me, I mean, the three that survived were the ones that I didn't think were going to make it because they were all the ones that have contractual issues carrying well, on. And that's something else I kind of questioned too a little bit. I mean, yeah, there's all these published contracts or whatever, but are are they using that to game us? I mean, I'm going to say well, yeah. it's possible only yeah. because after watching the trailers. Let's, let's cover that part at the end. Okay. Right now we're Still trying to just do the beginning. overview, you know. Who's dead? Okay. Right. So at this point... The Asgardians that matter got killed super weak style mm-hmm. in Ragnarok. Which, yeah. Because the lawyers three are all killed completely worthlessly, and that's another piece that pisses me off about that movie. And granted, I don't dis, I don't hate that movie. A lot of people believe I hate it. I don't hate it. I don't like that Thor doesn't talk like Thor, which I think the only reason in this movie when he meets the Guardians, Chris Pratt imitates him, is to sell us that he's talking like Thor again. I fully believe that. Yeah, it's funny, but I think the whole reason it's there is to prove the fact, oh yeah, he's still talking like Thor, guys. Haha, <laughs> sorry, we screwed up last movie when we decided to let him come from Australia and hang out. Mm, kind of to resell his, his Thor. To resell ability. his accent and resell him being Thor. I completely believe that's what it is. Completely. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there's definitely a big change in tone for how Thor is treated in the the Avengers film as he is treated in the, the Ragnarok film. True. And I... For me, I think just the tone of the Thor films is what's been thrown off. Like, they just haven't figured out where they want to go. Like, Thor 1, I thought, was pretty good. 
but it didn't wow anybody. And then Thor 2 was so dark, people just tuned out. So Thor 3 was too funny. Downside is I don't think there'll be a fourth Thor. A Thor 4 to, <laughs> like, hit the mix. We'll see, you know. Mm, but, probably not. What with all the supporting cast gone. Uh, I, there's, there's, there's only two things moving forward. I mean, either Thor is not going to come out of the end of this, and that's why they've gotten rid of all the Asgardians, or we're going to see, you know, kind of the Thor rebirth storyline where we find out that a lot of the Asgardians have a human shell or something. Right. And they can be re-brought back out. But, I mean, ultimately... Well, I always did like that storyline. So. Yeah, J. Michael Straczynski storyline. Right. TV writer also. Mm. The The downside is, how are we hurt in the overall scheme of things if we don't have the Warriors 3, if we don't have Sith, if we don't have the Executioner, if we don't have Hell, if we don't have Odin. I mean, really, we're not. It doesn't kill the Avengers franchise by any means. No. And, I mean, ultimately, they've, they've used those characters so badly in the Thor stuff, it really doesn't even affect the Thor stuff. Not really. So, Which is unfortunate. But, yeah. I yeah. guess that Battery was supposed to be in Ragnarok, and he was pulled the last minute, but they left the statue in. So that could have been something that was interesting. That makes me even sadder now, Rob. It is a little sad. Oh. But, um... So, so let's assume that no one escapes with that new knowledge. Sure. Well, you know, space was a wacky place. <laughs> now it's just a corpse field. It's a big graveyard. Nice. Mm. But um, I think Loki is the big question mark here because I mean, obviously, they throw out. Oh, you can't think you take your death twice. Right before he does something very unloki like And there's there's a conspiracy kind of theory out there now that somehow Loki threw his mind or was completely illusioning that he's actually the Hulk. Well, merged with the Hulk. Or that he merged with the Hulk, his psyche merged with the Hulk. Um my guess really is that he channeled his inner frost giant and kind of froze himself to protect himself from Thanos killing him. And then he's still alive. Because, I mean, it, it's the one part of what he does that doesn't fit his character. I mean, even if he's turning around the corner to try to be a hero, why stand right in front of him to try to stab him in the throat? Why not hang around a bit, wait until the Black Order's gone, try to make any kind of play for any of the other jewels? I mean, it just it seems very un-Loki-like. To do what he did. Now, Loki has also become much stupider as time has gone by, which is kind of just, I don't know, not great writing for his character. But he is a fan favorite, and I mean, ultimately, if you take out all of Asgard, you can still have Loki. No one's really going to care. Right. And he's he's such a big part of the films at this point. I don't know. I mean, he kind of would be a bad choice to get rid of. Uh, Marvel's done very good at, at thinking forward and not taking its villains off the playing field, which I think has really helped them have a little bit longer in, in their, their storytelling. Yeah, you know, there's a couple that are arguable with that. I mean, there's a few that they seem to have squandered, but. It's true. You know, like, 
Baron Zemo kind of feels like he squandered, although he is still alive. Right. Um, Strucker. Strucker definitely was one. Crossbone. Claw. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was really sad to see Claw go, because he was probably one of the scariest villains to me. Well, as a thing, he was easily the most believable. And, man, talk about a real-world villain. Crazy. Well, he was the most dangerous to me, because he didn't have any maniacal plans. He was just... He was just a hillbilly with a nuke. <laughs> like, Zerka's take on Claw totally kind of changes who he is. Now, could they still play a geek that Claw's not dead? Yeah, I doubt it, though. Could yeah. be. Yeah. I, I think it's could too do funny. a uh, son. Son of Claw? Son of Claw. It sounds like an Inspector Gadget cartoon. I guess it's possible, it you know? Then uh, do the uh, other type of version of Claw, I guess. But Circus did a pretty good job. I would have have believed them going with that had his his arm cannon exploded, which is kind of what I was thinking was going to happen. Because then you could have wiped him out and brought him back later as the sound wave version of him. Uh, The one, yeah, the unitard, but more robot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we'll see him again, but... Regards of that, back to the Avengers Infinity War. So here's the next question, really. Like, the Hulk gets beat, and now he's afraid. It's not necessarily too connected to the comic that, that the Hulk would react this way. Do you think that this is them kind of building off of his personality growth that he's had from Ragnarok? Because the Hulk really became his own unique character in Ragnarok with that whole year or whatever that he was the Hulk. Um, do we think that that's why he's afraid to come out? Is that he's just seen somebody who's actually stronger than him, so he won't come out? Or is this, or is this possibly Loki mind control? Or you know, I don't know. If I was, uh, I, I am going with the idea that uh, they're even more of a split personality than they've ever been. They're really playing that up. And uh, that uh, Hulk finally found somebody that was stronger than him and tougher than him. And he could never, ever reach that uh, point where he could possibly beat Thanos. So the Hulk personality is really scared. That's what I think. Well, I'm along the persuasion that, like, the Loki thing being inside Hulk, I find to be fairly unlikely. I mean, it's not impossible, but I don't prescribe to that idea, really. I mean, that's a little much for me. The idea that he really is fully, truly afraid of Thanos, okay, I mean, that's viable. I feel like there's a wasted ED joke in there, for sure, because that's exactly what it would be. So I feel like that was a waste, so I missed that one. But the way I understand it is the idea of him not transforming wasn't part of the original script either. It was something that happened later on that they went with instead. So if that's the case, then the Loki hidden thing is impossible. Grand, maybe they decide afterwards, like, yeah, you know, Hiddleston wants to do this some more, so maybe we should figure out a way to keep him alive. In that case of being disjointed and broken, okay, I guess I can understand that. Otherwise, I have to prescribe it to the idea that the Hulk, I, I guess him being afraid is, bi- it's viable. But my real problem with that is that 
Avengers 1, Banner full-on tells the story of eating the bullet, which is from the deleted scenes of Incredible Hulk, the Norton movie. And when he, ate, when he put the gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger, he woke up as the Hulk. So with that in mind, yeah, the Hulk feeling like he's afraid of fighting Thanos is one thing, but the Hulk having, I guess maybe the year of being alive, he realized that he could die too, I guess, maybe. Maybe. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't know which one of those things I believe entirely. I think that the Loki thing is the most far-cried thing in the world, but at the same time, the proof we have to the adding that later on, the whole Hulk not coming out thing, we have all the trailers with the Hulk in it. All the fighting sequences in the trailers with the Hulk in it. So it means all they did is replace the Hulk with the... uh The Betty, the Hulkbuster. The Hulkbuster unit. And then refilm a couple of scenes with Ruffalo's face. Which is just the only part of the CGI that I wasn't very much a fan of is when he's inside the suit at the end and it's like the dude floating on top of metal stuff, sort of. Yeah, it did look a little funky. Yeah, other than that, the rest of the CGI was great. But if you budgeted CGI to throw away on the Hulk to trick people, seems like a waste. I don't know. I mean, they've done that in the past. Yeah, I mean, they have, but best I understand about it, at least from the couple interview things I read, is that that was something added afterwards. Reasoning behind it? Mm, don't know yet. I mean, maybe they want to make the Hulk deeper. Maybe there was a way to get Loki out of the situation. I mean, revised, a, revised an idea, maybe. Possibly. Something that they're going to use for the second movie. Oh, sh- Maybe. I think that's the idea. I prescribed the idea that if any of them are actually dead dead, it's Humdell and Loki, and then everybody else got sucked into the gym. But that's just what I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm relatively certain that Humdell's dead. Oh, well, yeah, for sure. Edward yeah. Elba's amazing, mm-hmm. but as as a character in general, they're not going to do a Humdell movie. Well, he also has to step away. Well, I know that. Yeah, uh, he's been courted by Warner Brothers to possibly be Green Lantern. Yeah. Well, Which would be awesome, too. He's a hot commodity, and he needs to go out and do his thing, and Heimdall, in the scheme of things, is an extended cameo. I love him, but yeah, he can do way better than just Heimdall. True. Whether it be James Bond or Green Lantern, both things would yeah. be awesome. Right? But, um... So, so moving on from, from Loki, you know, we, we of course have Thor thrown into space and eventually he's found by the Guardians. And like you said, you know, we have the whole thing with, with Chris and, Chris and Chris, with Chris Pratt and Chris Helmsworth, you know, doing the voices. Um, and then they break up the Guardians, of course, and send them on their way. And we get our introduction of our, our new dwarf character, which was a super cool cameo. Yeah. Once again, you know, I think Marvel's been very smart in making, it's heroes, lesser known actors, and it's side characters, the stars. Because, I mean, you, then you get immediate, like, recognition for these side characters, but you're not having to you know, bang out that, that cash every time. Yeah, I think it was pretty clever to use, uh, Peter Dinklage. And Peter, uh, Peter D- and Dinklage as the giant dwarf. Heck yeah. <laughs> and it was a neat way to build that, that new, uh, hammer, which is of course, you know, they, they take the name Stormbringer from Battery, but it's the look of the ultimate Thor hammer. Stormbreaker, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little weird to have it have Groot's branch or whatever is the handle, but I mean, ultimately, whatever, it was, a, it was kind of a touching moment, I guess. Sure. 
they worked for the film. But it also gives us a chance to really kind of show off. Really gives us a chance to kind of show off the new power level of Thor with uh, his his thunder god inside of him. The only thing I don't really understand is why he needed a hammer. But I guess since this was a Odin design hammer, maybe it has its own special properties. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily a matter of need or a matter of, like, crutch. I mean, I'll give you a beanie made Stormbreaker an axe. Well, axe and hammer. The axe part, more for cutting. So, as a weapon to kill a god, makes sense. Psychological thing, myself. Yeah, I think so too. With part, at least part of that. For the movie verse, maybe it acts as a focus for him. You know, it's possible because he feel uh, in this third movie, he felt a little less focused. You know, he could all of a sudden pull uh, lightning and what all that he didn't seem to do in the past, but. and that might have been a side effect of him uh, losing the hammer, but uh, now he can channel that into his new weapon and what all and bring back his uh, whole idiom. So he gets his groove back because of the axe? Right. Hmm. How Thor got his groove back. Exactly. It does also connect into the comics for the Jason Aaron run. Yeah. Where we started to have Jarbon, the axe that was made to kill Celestials. Yeah, it's like a mix match between all three of those things. It's a mix of Jawbone, Stormbreaker for the name, and then the Ultimate Hammer's, oh, Ultimate Thor from Ultimate Marvel Comics Hammer. Mm-hmm. So it's like a mix match of all three things, pretty much. But as far as like a necessary thing, you know, I'm going to go with the idea that he doesn't know how to harness his power yet because he's just brand new Thor, Rob. Well, he probably. Probably doesn't need it, but it is. It, it wasn't rather than him just making another weapon. It is supposed to be a a Thor, or an Odin weapon, I guess. So either way, kind of getting back to where we go from there. We get to see. I they play with the idea that Iron Man doesn't have the arc anymore, so maybe he did use the extremist. Well, he's supposed to have removed it from himself at the end of the last movie, where he throws it off the cliff, yeah, through where his old house was. So, at this point, the arc reactor thing in his chest apparently is not necessarily a thing anymore. He just still has a prosthetic one, I guess? Or? I, I think it was just attached to his gear. Right. And it so made, it's just the new suit. They made it sound like it was like a prop that was on his chest now. Right, that it wasn't real? Yeah. It was just for his branding or whatever, because, you know... Stark yeah. is savvy about that kind of thing. I guess at this point that must be where the nanites live, which right. I'm a little sad that it's nanites instead of extremists, but whatever. I mean, that's a super small thing to have in there. I've always hated extremists anyways in the comic. I hate nanites too, but whatever. It works, and it made Iron Man pretty impressive for this one. So, um, But yeah, the introduction with him and... and his interactions with Doctor Strange, I thought, was actually really pretty well done. Oh, yeah, the two played off each other really played off each other really well. Yeah, and Wong was actually fantastic in there again. I mean, I think that's kind of how you, the best way to do some of these side characters is you know we still bring them in, we still acknowledge that they're there. They just have their time and then they move on because they have other stuff to do. The whole world has other things going on, even if this is the biggest kind of thing, 
there's still the day-to-day stuff that has to be done. So, But I think they did a great job of, especially like throughout the whole movie, I actually think they did a great job of always going, this is how powerful this character is. Let's make sure that they're always that powerful and not pulling the Superman punching bag where we have to show, oh, this guy's really strong, so he's going to knock out Superman, but then Black Widow's going to knock him out. <laughs> you know, like, they they did a good job of always making sure that everybody was using their abilities kind of at their utmost and sure. not having obvious moments where it's like, well, why didn't this guy do this? Why didn't this guy do that? And I think that was a really well-done scripting and directing. Well, yeah, play-wise, I think, like, Spider-Man used the webs to try to catch people because that's what he does. I thought everybody got their time in the spotlight that was in the movie, and they made a good accounting of themselves. Right. I didn't think that uh, anybody was steamrolled unduly, you know. And they actually saved people. Right. Amazingly, right? You know, something that other film franchises forgets. Well, that's what heroes do. We don't talk about that, Rob. I mean, I talk, made a well, mistake earlier. Because we finally mm-hmm. got Spider-Man back, and that's what he does. He's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. He goes around rescuing people. There you go. That's true. Uh, the other end is that even though I don't even think they have name drops, they actually use the Black Order really well. Yeah, they 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 did pretty good with them. I kind of expected a little more from Glaive, uh, as far as like things, but they did a pretty good job. And the only time he really gets whooped is with the when their props are gone. So, like, they did okay matching them up to what they were. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I, as comic characters go, like, I don't hate them as characters, but I've, I've grown to despise them as villains. <laughs> and so, I had absolutely no problem when Approximate Midnight and Glaive are, are killed. I actually was like, yes, get out of here. I you know? think that was supposed to be the right reaction. Well, I did a good job of it. I don't know if it sells for just people watching the movie. But, you know, like, as a fan, like, I hate those characters, so... Take, having, take that, Black Order. Have, having them dead was was fine for me. Yeah, I don't think they ever call them the Black Order in the movie. No, I don't think so. But for, I barely caught any of their names except for the one that got axed first, the, uh, the Maw. Oh, the Ebony Maw? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was the only one that I caught their name. Yeah. And everything else, I, you know caught from side material or whatever. I, sure. I don't recall them saying, oh, this is Proxima Midnight, and oh, watch out for that dude, the elf guy. Curvis Glaive. Glaive. Glaive, okay, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't, don't think, think they so. did either. And I, Unless, uh, you know, after they do, oh, Glaive is dead, too. <laughs> you. I'll have to watch out for you. Oh, my God, I got eaten by a thing. Which I, I'm not sad about. Sometimes mm-hmm. you spend so much time going like, let's let's show you all the bad guys and this is their names. Make sure you remember them so you can buy them later. <laughs> you know, like I thought they did a good job of just getting them out there. But you know, how am I going to know who to buy later? You, you read question. the credits because yeah. oh, their names are in the credits. That's true. Thanks. I'm glad I sat through the credits to see that very end. That's important. It's important. That's why they put a stinger at the end of the credits. Yes. So you know who to buy. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> well, that and, you know, finally the people who do the unglamorous jobs get, maybe you see their name. Yeah, but I'm not going to buy them later. You never That's know. true. Might get Steve the dolly grip. 
Huh. That would be awesome, but I don't think it's going to happen. Well, only if it was a Lucas Looking product. <laughs> if it was a Star Wars product, they'd eventually get there. Well, well if Lucas... Jimmy, the best boy. Mm-hmm. If Lucas was still driving the boat, maybe. Yeah. But they kept creating characters like the guy with the ice cream machine from uh, Empire. He got a figure. I don't know why, but he did. Everybody gets a toy, Steve. Yeah, that's cool. Take take that pocketbook. <laughs> But, um, yeah, a lot of great things there. And I think they actually use characters like the Black Dwarf, the one with the axe. I think they use him better there than they did in the comic. Because he really comes across well, and it is a, it's a good, like, immediate visual. Okay, he's a big guy, he's got an axe, he's strong. So, it played out really well. Oh, yeah. Like, fight-wise, they did a pretty good job with all that. But, um, from there, what we, we wind up taking everything off Earth. And even though they go back and retread... The ground with Spider-Man with the really old movie joke. I thought it still worked because I thought it played out really well. The aliens reference. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's once again harnessed with Star-Lord and, and Pete's interaction. So I'm kind of interested to see where that's going to go from, from here on out, if, if we see that again. But um, <laughs> their ultimate plan that should defeat Thanos on the, on the, the moon of Titan. Yeah. You know, yeah. It was actually... I think they're supposed to actually be on Titan, but... Yeah, well, Titan's a moon of Saturn. Yeah. yeah. Either way. Uh, it was well done. I thought they, they played that out pretty well. Uh, I guess we're actually skipping one part, and I, I completely forgot oh, about it. Oh, a lot of parts. There's yeah. all sorts of ADD things going on. There's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. But, like, uh, when we get the reality gym, which was, I think, the only gym that... I think the power gym was the only one that wasn't discovered before this point. Only no, the I power gym was in the first Guardians. It's the purple one. What I got is that uh, they started off the movie with one gym already installed. Yeah. We didn't see how he got a hold of that or if he always had that. Yeah, I thought that was the power gym. They talk about him wiping out the Nova Corps. The, uh, they talk about him wiping out the planet, which was a Nova Corps planet, which is what made most of his comic book people say, oh, we might get a Nova movie now, because yeah, that's how the Nova thing happened in the yeah, comic books. They destroyed the Xernia. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. The power one is in Guardians 1. Guardians 1. And they leave it with right. the it council with the to take care of. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, we didn't see him do that. We just heard him do we it. We hear about it. But he starts off the movie with that one in play. Then he attacks the Asgardians on the ship, and... Collects a Tesseract slash... Right. Yeah, the space the cube. Cosmic Cube. Yeah. So he gets that one from the Asgardians. Yep. Then he goes on to... Nowhere. Nowhere, yes. That's that's the part I was forgetting. Because then they... Because uh, Thor ends up on the Guardian ship, and they split the team... Right. ...with... Uh, the rabbit and Groot <laughs> and Thor going to Dwarf Planet to uh, forge his uh, forge his new weapon, and the rest of the team going to nowhere to try and stop uh, Thanos. Right, right. The rabbit slash trash panda slash rocket raccoon. Right. Me- uh, meanwhile, uh, we go to uh, Earth for Hulk in uh, the big climactic battle number one. To stop him from getting Strange's time gem. The time gem, the first battle is over that, and that leads to space. Right. So that's where the break becomes in the two. But yeah, space-wise, we have the Guardians go nowhere. 
Nowhere's where he collects the ether or the red gem. Yeah, the reality stone. Reality stone. And uses that to turn Mantis basically into a spring. And, oh, which I thought was she was disturbing. dead. Yeah. Man, it was, yeah, it was messed up. Uh, yeah. And that was actually directly from the comics. Yep. It's if different I, people. I believe it, but it was still messed up to see in real life and what all. Yeah. To see, you know, uh, Mantis turn into that Coily spring, spring thing, person. Yes. And, for Drax to get quartered like that, <laughs> what all? Uh, Drax's uh, was a little more takeable, but Mantis's was definitely. Oh like, no, that was not right. Was My God. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not wild of that kind of thing, you know. Even in comics and what all, <laughs> but you know, in comics <laughs> is one thing, but in 3D reality is kind of crazy. Yeah, it was definitely crazy. Even looking. crazier. Heck yeah! So that gives us the red gem. Then after that, the last chase. Well, so the battle on Titan eventually results in getting the time gem. Right. Which and from the time gem where they, uh, Maw captures uh, Doc Strange to bring to Thanos on Titan. That's when he gets iced out, the, out his space rod. Right. And they decide to go to uh, Titan with Tony Strange, Strange and Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yep. That's how they get yeah. there. Then they're joined by the other part of the Guardians. Gamora? No, Gamora comes later. Yep. Gamora okay. comes later. She's, uh, Gamora, well. I mean, Nebula. Nebula's not on the space rod. Nebula's. She's with Thanos. Yeah. She's, she's not around yet. Net, well, okay, so we're confusing Nebula and Gamora, because Gamora, after Titan, or not Titan, after Nowhere. Right. Thanos takes her and leaves the rest of the Guardians to piece themselves back together because the gym's not around anymore, which is also kind of weird. I think because he, just, he says he spares him because he kind of likes, uh, likes Peter. Peter. But the rest of the team, it's like they just, just got better. Just kind of uh, the reality effect he uh, takes back, I guess. Yeah, I think he just really, like, he they, they weren't a threat. Right. right. So why even you bother? Know, he, he already turned his gun into a bubble gun. Right, that's true. <laughs> Which was hilarious, but, you know. That's pretty good. <laughs> Eventually, that's where it leads him to the Soul Gym with Gamora, and that's where Nebula and Gamora are together. And we see Gamora tortured, pretty much just like the comics. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. And that eventually leads to... The Ring Wraith, which is a pretty good re- reveal <laughs> that I didn't expect to come. No. Yeah. Right. So the, yeah, the. At first I thought I saw him and I didn't see him real clear. I thought it was sub- supposed to be some sort of future version of Vision or something like that or a spirit version of vi- Vision that got messed up. That didn't make any sense. And then is a, oh, about the same time, uh, uh, same time as they were going to that screen, I was going, you know, it's been a long time since we've seen uh, anything with Red Skull. I wonder what, 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 if anything, they're going to do with Red Skull. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, there he is, of course. Right. I, I don't know a... how he got there, but, okay, there's the Red Skull. Now, I think the way they're leaning from the story, at least from what little pieces we get, is that rather than disappearing into the Cosmic Cube, which is what most of us is expected from the comic book world, in the first Avenger, the first Captain America movie. Instead of that, the Tesseract teleported him, I guess, to that planet. And then once he was on the planet, he decided to go try to collect the Soul Gem himself. Ultimately, since he had nothing to trade, I'm saying he traded himself, and that's what turned him into the Ring Wraith. 
So yeah, Red Skull basically became Ring Wraith for selling himself to the gym, but after he did that, he couldn't take the gym anyway because he was dead. So yeah, creepy and weird. Really cool because we got the Red Skull again, like out of nowhere. Yeah. So that was neat. Which actually the guy who played that is not Hugo Weaving. It's the guy, oh, now I don't remember his name, dang it. He's from the TV show Walking Dead. He plays Aaron. Uh, the recruiter guy on The Walking Dead. The It's been a long man, time. Man, I don't know why I can't remember his name. Anyway, he does a bunch of voice impressions, mm. and he does a really pretty good Hugh Weaving impression. And a lot of other ones. He's got a whole slew of videos on YouTube that are of him doing impressions of people. I was wondering if they got him back, mm. and I didn't think they did. No, totally different guy whose name yeah, I just he can't did a remember. good job as uh, he did a good job doing the Hugo Weaving voice. Oh yeah, yeah, he did surprisingly awesome. But yeah, like the dude does a lot of impressions in general. But yeah, that's the other thing he's really like face wise he's known for is The Walking Dead. Not that they. Did explain uh, how uh, he became the Ring Wraith, but I don't know. Maybe he got transported there, and like you said, he traded his body, but only after he'd been there for a while, he couldn't get the thing, and he knew he was going to die. So he traded his body just so he could live. But It's hard to say. We don't get enough play out of it, but the little bit that's said lead to that direction and obviously he's trapped there and has been trapped there for a fair amount of time. Right. Because last time we saw him is when Cap crashed the plane in the water. Yeah. Well, it's been a fair bit. Yeah. So. Which, I mean, I, I actually saw Captain America the First Avenger again just recently. It is pretty impressive that the Tesseract was always going to be the Space Gym. Because you can actually see, like, it open up and have an effect where it's shooting him out into the cosmos instead of pulling him into the gym. Hmm. That's crazy. Um, but he's sort of filling in the role of physical death from kind the comic of, book. Yeah. Cause they, that was something they didn't want to tackle in the film, which honestly I'm glad for Thanos's character is centrally connected to that, but it's not something that plays well, I think in a film. So cool that we could have it and it not have to be the, the physical representation of death, yeah so. maybe less explained rather i'd rather a death remain a idea and not a personage yeah. it's like they mix match gamora and the red skull to get both pieces so right. like that part's a little creepy but it's not ultimately it's not that same kind of relationship so it's different it actually makes him more endearing a little bit I mean, yeah. the whole father-daughter thing. Is, Thanos? Yeah. yeah, it makes him more, I don't know. It gives a lot more personality to him. Humanizes him more, I guess. He's, which I, I absolutely agree with that. Thanos is a bad guy, but he's an understandable bad guy, actually. Weirdly at, enough, at least he's the, killing people all in the background, but you know, he takes uh, Gamora as a kid and what all, and says, focus on this. Focus on this. Don't. Don't pay attention to that. That's not important. Pay attention to this. This is what you need to pay attention to. Right. Yeah, they definitely do some things with that in there to sell him as... an evil son bitch. Oh, yeah. He's a tyrant, for sure. But he has his motivations that makes him relatable, weirdly enough. Yeah, in a weird kind of sadistic type like, way. Like Robert says, it somehow makes him endearing. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Definitely. His, his movie motivations, I think, are a lot better 
than the comic motivations. I think they work better. Right. Because you can kind of see, and you can even kind of agree with some of his stuff in the film. Whereas in the comic, you're like it's a, he's obviously off his rocker. <laughs> right. So. He's definitely a mad type in the comic. <laughs> yeah, that, that's and, true. And I do wonder if uh, how much of that was in the script and how much of that was just, you know, Josh Brolin being really, really good. Mm, I assume it's a mixed match of both, but mm-hmm. yeah, as a thing, I, I'm, I'm more of the opinion that if it's he's trying to fix the universe and this is the only way he sees he can do it, Versus he has a boner, so he's chasing death, <laughs> which is weird. Yeah, I, I like the idea better. Anyhow. But, um. So but, from there we get the time gem. Is that we already do that? Because we just now have talked about the, the soul gem. Yeah. So from there we finish the battle on Titan, which gives us the Doctor Strange time gem. With Strange basically really quenching it for the most part. And finally we see Strange do some magic that's really cool and not just lift, uh, lifted from Inception. <laughs> well. He was doing some pretty cool uh, magic stuff. Multiple arm stuff, you know, yeah, that's flipping cool. and whatnot. Well, in the crystal, if you haven't seen Doctor Strange, the crystal wall comes from Doctor Strange. That's what they, the spell that they use to trap everything inside a reality they couldn't destroy. So he tried it. It just didn't work. So I thought it was cool they tried to use the most powerful spell we really saw in his own movie. And we see that Thanos defeats it. So, like, I thought that was cool. So, again, like you said, people got to do their powers without being like, why didn't they do this spell? Why didn't they do that spell? Yeah. Because he tried. So yeah, I, I think that was probably the best things for the film. And it would be really easy to rely just on the, the whip thing. And so I think it was really good that they actually used the teleporting and they used the different kind of spells. And yeah, we do get to see that Doctor Strange is really, really powerful in this film. So I, once again, like everybody gets to have their moments and sure. it feels really well done. Right. In between fighting with, uh, arguing with Spidey and Tony. Doctor Strange goes through all the per- uh, all the possibilities of how uh, what could happen on Titan. All the and all of them fail except for one thing. Right, and we don't know what it is yet. I'm gonna say that's what we're seeing. That's that's an easy answer. It's well, gotta be yes. But whatever it is, <laughs> the the reality suspense, guys. Suspense. Oh, right, they right. haven't seen the second movie yet. That's so. true. Okay, yeah, right, but true. whatever that answer is, it's an answer that. If Tony even knew it, would end would would cause that not to work. So it's something that has to be done in the moment. So sure, It'd be interesting to see. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So we go from there to the last gym, which is the mind gym, which is, plays mm-hmm. out quite a bit throughout the movie with them taking Vision out of commission pretty early and showing that Vision can be very vulnerable. While still selling the idea that Glaive and Proxima are pretty heavy hitters. Well, yeah, the, the, as far as the two of them are concerned, by themselves, they're f- super, they're really impressive fighting force. But then when you stack them against, like, our best two humans, well, three best two humans, three, three best humans, and a witch, like, it makes a pretty big dent for them. And, like, anybody fighting Captain America, there's a whole lot to the dude, like, not just the super strength thing, but like he's tactically genius. So him taking this army them, it doesn't sell the weapons enough, which one of the weapons, as long as the guy has a hold of it, he's undefeatable. As soon as he loses a weapon, he's just a dude. 
Well, Nanite is a dude. He's a lot weaker. Some kind of alien dude. And it's like we show him get disarmed pretty quickly by Cap, which leans to the comic book order of him a lot. I thought that was really cool, because with his weapon, he's supposed to be nearly unstoppable. And he's the one that basically stabs the shit out of Vision. But nevertheless, that's chased through the entire movie for the most part. And, like, we have all this stuff happen in Wakanda with uh, the sister, uh, Black Panther's sister, trying to remove the gem in order to have the want to destroy it. I think anything that gets rebooted from him will be because of that. My guess is that we will see Vision back in the next film. Oh, yeah. I, my, my guess is that we're going to actually see the, the white Vision, in this case, probably the gray Vision. But um, I don't know. I mean, that's actually a really neat storyline as well. And it's cool that they're going it, to, well, it looks like they could realize it in this next film. But it plays a level of self-sacrifice that makes sense as well. Because there's a lot of times where the self-sacrifice trope is used, and it's like you could literally do anything other than just sacrifice yourself. Right. In this case, there there was no other answer. But by the time they got to where they were at, yeah. I, and I like how, I think the whole reason most of us think that they're moving forward with the, what the comic book did with him is because we see all the color disappear. Yeah. His body doesn't destroy, he doesn't just shut down like a dead robot. Like the color fades out of him and goes to the gray tone. Which is like a, a transformer. Wow. Well, like, like the story element when he lost all his color in the comics because he lost his, uh, emotional presence. His humanity. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Anyway. Well, the other side is, I mean, they sell his humanity so hard in this one. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That I definitely feel like right. we're going to lose a character when we lose the soul gem or the mind gem, right? The mind, mind gem. Mind gem, yeah. yeah. Well, like, the way he stays there for Cap, and he takes Cap's words to heart about not sacrificing one person. So, yeah, they sell his humanity, like, a ton. So, when we get to the next movie, a vision that's not human, or not, doesn't have humanity, I think it'll be a very different thing. Yeah, this could be really interesting. Heck yeah. But, uh, from there, of course, we have the final confrontation with Thor making it back to Earth with his new weapon. The big final fight down. Which I I was a little not super happy with them just releasing the weird monster creatures with the forearms. I, I would have probably been better off if they'd released Chichari again from Avengers One, the big space worms or whatever. But whatever, I guess you need something to hit that shield. So now they already know what destroys the Chitari. destroy the mother hub, and you're good. New new villains, you you don't know what to do about them. This so. is true. So you get to doing it, so. That's the whole purpose for that, otherwise. Find the hub ship! Mmm. <laughs> get work done. Guitar, you're stupid. Yeah, this is true. They seem to be weird meat robots. But, <laughs> that's um, kind of the, Yeah, that's kind of what they were. Yeah. Could have been a cool callback, though. Yeah. For sure. Those, uh, dragon things that were flying through the city were pretty They were crazy, cool. yeah, that's true. But, yeah. uh, we have a, a pretty epic showdown. There at the end, in like probably the biggest scope that I think we've had in an Avenger film. Yeah, I um, think so. And then, of course, we bring it back down to Thor and Thanos at the end there, where we get the the final gym destroyed and then brought back, and then uh, Hulk been used. I was pretty sure it died like three different times, and uh, that fight was that 
Oh, Banner, you mean? Banner. Yeah, but Banner Banner doesn't die because the Hulk doesn't die. I mean... But yeah, he should have lost an arm. Phased into a rock. I'm pretty sure I thought, well, there's the end. (laughs) There's the end right there. There's no reason that that Ruffalo or the... The, uh... The Hulkbuster Ruffalo, or sorry, Hulk Hulkbuster Bruce Banner. Ruffalo Buster? No. Banner Bruce Buster? Banner driving the Hulkbuster. Yeah, he's facing the, the rock. Bruce he Buster. has that arm tore off altogether. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't see a little person arm sticking out of there either, so there's no freaking way that makes any sense. It was a very, very big robot, Steve. Wow. I guess so. I mean, okay. Sh- sure. Everything's totally all in there. Mm. <laughs> Tight fit, the way you described it just now. But yeah, body count wise, like there's at least there's at least two or three times it seemed like he was a goner for sure. Obviously, that's not what happened, but you know, whatever. Yeah, we do get some fade outs and some deaths. Do we want to talk about that or just move move past to the whatever we're already at this point? Time wise, there's no. Well, you know, they kind of already have to have seen the movie to make use of our companion because we kind of gloss over most of it. Well, it's just because there's so much stuff and like trying to keep it's it a long movie. movie. Yeah, it's a lot of movie. I'm saying that to catch it all, they probably need to see it at least two or three times. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff crammed in there. That's, that's true. Well, just pay really good attention, that's all. I was paying attention. <laughs> Really, really good attention. Like two or three times. Yeah, that's probably true. But um, so yeah, Thanos gets his his wish, and we don't know exactly what that did to the gauntlet, but it looks like it fries it. But yeah, the destruction of half the universe and the gauntlet itself looks like it's fried, which is weird, but not ununderstandable, I guess. And from there, he pieces oh, out. That's what I think. That uh, Doctor Strange did something before he handed over his uh, gem. Oh, the time gem? And we're going to see that in the next film. For sure we're going to see that, what he did in the next film. I don't know if there's anything particular he did with the gem himself. I'm pretty sure he did something before he handed it over. It's possible. I mean, it is possible. That that would be a neat catch if that was the case. Ultimately, why didn't just render it useless? I, I mean, that's... He couldn't do that, because then he would have killed, uh, killed Tony. Oh, yeah, he would kill Tony, and Tony has to be alive for whatever Doctor Strange saw. They exactly. At least one Sherlock has to survive. That's, That's true. right. <laughs> That's true. At least one. A missed opportunity there. That's true. They could have been, uh, they could have both, uh, <laughs> both turned to Spider-Man and said, no shit, Sherlock. That would have been awesome. Sherlock jokes, lost. Erection to erectile dysfunction jokes lost. Mm. The one that really hurts me though is like when Bucky first meets Rocket Raccoon. Rocket Raccoon's like, "Oh, it's a nice arm." He's like, "I want it." He's like, "Yeah, now, not getting." He's like, "I'm getting that arm." <laughs> totally. And then Bucky's arm. one of the ones that fades, but his arm fades too. If they would have left the arm, oh, yeah, the arm right, dropped. The arm should have fell off and stayed. Oh, yeah. So the arm would have stayed. It wasn't his original arm. And that's it true. Could have it totally could have. Mm-hmm. At this point, he's had at least two that mm-hmm. we know of. Right. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, for who knows how many arms he's had, but ultimately, what we know of, there's at least two. So yeah, like it was a perfect opportunity for Rocket Raccoon to get his arm without 
you know, <laughs> having it up to be a problem. But it wouldn't have been as funny for Rocket. It, that's true. It would have been sadder than anything else, but at the same time, that's like the redeeming quality for the next movie. And that's Where, what Rocket's happens. Like, well, I got Rocket the gets kicked in the face every time. That's true. It's true. It's sad. <sighs> Poor bunny rabbit. He lost Mary Poppins. It's true. Lost his buddy. And that's twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's bad news. Well, and so one thing that we didn't see in this huh. that was rumored pretty hard was Yondu. There was a big deal about, like, Yondu supposedly being connected to the next Avengers movie and Rooker being around for it for whatever reason. So... Is that still a thing? Who knows? Because he definitely wasn't uh, in the movie. No, that's true. I figured he was going to show up Jedi Ghost style or some shit, but... Well, we, I don't see that happening now, what with most of the Guardians dead now. Well, if they are stuck in the Soul Gym, it wouldn't make a lot of sense for him to be in the Soul Gym, but maybe the whole crossing over is a pirate thing they talked about with the crazy magical fireworks that are not supposed to be being done by ships, but being done by a galaxy... But if that's the case, then however many pirates would be stuck in the Soul Gym, too, which seems like a weird that's the sausage party. You know what the I'm saying? special space fireworks. Mm, if you say so. So, yeah, I don't know about that part. There definitely is a, a scene that was cut from Ragnarok that uh, Rucker shows up in as Yondu, and it's mm. during the Executioner's killing the one little blonde girl that was ordered to be killed out of the group to get the others in line by Hela. He walks through the crowd, and then he gets into the frame. He's like, you got to stop this. And then he's like, hey, where's uh, Terry? He asks for somebody's office. And a couple other people are, are like, oh, it's that direction. And he's like, carry on. And then he walks off. So, like, it's something that exists. Whether it was ever intended to be in the movie, ever, hmm. I don't know. Sorry to say. Because it's so bizarre. Maybe it'll be an Easter egg for the... I'm sure it'll be on the DVD. It's probably on the DVDs. I'll, if it's not, I'd be surprised. Because I think, didn't Ragnarok come out already? Should, because uh, Black Panther's out already. Right. So, yeah, I'm sure it's out there someplace you can see it on a DVD. If nothing else, Google uh, Yondu uh, Ragnarok and you'll find it. Hmm. So it's a thing that happened. But, yeah, whether that would lend anything else in the Guardians or not, or in the, in the uh, Infinity War or not, don't know. Best I can tell at this point, no. Yeah. Major deaths. Major deaths. Oh, yeah. Well, we clean the field with pretty much everybody that has a yep. sequel lined up for the next two years. Spider-Man goes back to the Sony universe. That's not what happened, is, but yeah. Is everybody... He totally went back to the Sony universe. Is, is that's, everybody... why he, that's why he was all, I don't want to leave. <laughs> I want to be oh, with a good universe. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, it's it's kind of everybody so bad. But the people I expected to be dead. Sure. Right. Well, we get the next movie, the ones that die. This time will be for real. It's it's possible. Hopefully this is not going to be the bubble burster. I don't think it will, because I think people actually have, have been met with this movie with... like I, I think there's enough craziness that they kind of already are like, all right, a lot of this is not going to hold, and I don't think they're going to be so badly feeling that they were gypped. Sure. Coming into the next one. <laughs> that was actually my biggest fear about them actually killing everyone off, is if you kill everyone... It's just to bring them all back, that's too much. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll see if they live anybody off the playing field actually or not. I mean, outside of the supporting cast for Thor, the rest of them, if they're all in the gym, then they all come back from the gym. The only one that wouldn't be would be Gamora, but because we saw a little baby Gamora, 
pretty sure she's in the gym too, and it'd be the first soul that the thing took. I mean, her death is what gave him the gym in the first place, so if, if it right. didn't collect her soul, it wouldn't make any sense. Well, that makes sense to me. I could so, also see her being the one that one of the ones that stays dead. Sure. And it would give couple reasons them something to go on to or replace uh, one of their uh, members with in a new uh, Guardians movie. Well, sure, and we know we're getting a Guardians in 2020, so like... As far as cast, though, a Guardians movie could be totally different people. Yes. Right. It'd be weird if it was, but it could be. Yeah. Main reason I think we could see her lay off, left off the playing field is because she's also connected to James Cameron's Avatar, and we got the two of those happening here in the next two years, I guess. Mm. So because she's connected to that actress-wise, I could easily see her being left off the playing field of the Guardians simply because of contract or whatever. Does it mean it's a guarantee? Heck no. At this point, we don't really know what's going on at all for that. But she makes the most sense simply because of other work she's lined up to do. Sure. So, anyhow, I guess we'll see if that winds up being the truth or not. But, yeah, what is it? Uh, I know they're hot to trot to do a new uh, Black Panther movie, what with the success of the first one. So yep, they've got a rushed sequel. Very surprising that uh, he was one of the uh, the only one in his cast to go. Yeah, and I mean honestly, if and you the name guy, if you don't clear it up before then, we can actually have the sister take over the mantle. Yeah, they I don't guess think the they will. second one's going to be released here in a year, and there's only two more movies before they release that one. So, yeah, he's. I don't think it'll be. Back. It won't be a problem. Yeah. They'll. It'll be resolved by the time they put out any more sequels. Oh, I'm sure. Because I mean, we got Ant Man. And then Wasp in July. And then Captain Marvel. In and then, March. And then Avengers again. Then Avengers again, yeah. yeah. Um, the ending, I, I, I totally think it's him in the Soul Gym myself. So we'll see for Thanos. No, I don't know if it's for him. His, uh, for his uh, reverie. Yeah. He's, with a beautiful sunset and right. the accolades of a yeah. grateful galaxy. I just think that's him using the mind gym to project what, what he wants. End? But. Yeah, that's possible. But yeah, I, I, I think he's trapped in there. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me because he didn't die. Like if he would have faded away too, then okay. But because he steps himself away, it's not the same thing. We don't know how badly he was hurt. Mm. If he's hurt bad enough, the soldier may try to claim him, even though he's not dead. That's true. You know, and it'd just be another part of that story. Well, I wonder if that's like one of the things that. Uh strange did when he gave him the time thing yeah you never like, know it's it's a, it's maybe, a good possibility i guess okay. but maybe he sped up his time when he handed over the time uh, time stone so whoever gets the time stone next okay you're you're rapidly uh, going through your life cycle or something like that so the soul gem gets you and now he's in Soul Gym. He's gotta gotta play with uh, play with the stuff. I don't know about that. Only because we didn't see him aging rapidly. If we would have seen him we aging, how, we don't know how a Titan ages. Well, that's that's true. But of course, we also don't know if speeding his time up would do anything either. So sure. My, my um, guess is that whatever. But he. Uh, but Strange already went through the possibilities and only saw one way to win. Right, but that doesn't mean Doctor Strange actually did anything. It means that. I I don't know. I'm gonna go with the idea that if you're gonna, if you're yet, gonna age I think him, he's done something. Okay. I'm not saying that's what he did. Sure. I'm I, saying that Strange did something. I think his play is more simple. I think it's just 
that strange new, if this fight continues, Pete dies. Um, somebody else has a, a physical death before they get evaporated. Giving him the jewel now is the only way that these people are on the field to, At the to, end. to do our one chance. Yeah, because what he tells him is, like, we're in the end game now, mm-hmm. and he fades away. So. Yeah, there's something, there's something that I doubt that he's done anything, but there's something he saw. And that, seeing that made him have to have faith in Tony because he doesn't have it before. That's true. So, I mean, I think ultimately Tony's, Tony's gonna be the answer. And I, I think that means Tony is dead for the answer. Very but, possible. But I think, I think whatever it was that, that uh, Strange saw, it's more about Tony's journey than it is about doing something. But who knows? You know, at this point, anything's on the table. You don't think they're going to end it with Pepper's, Pepper and Tony's wedding and that'll be the end of it? After it's credit sequence? It's possible, but we do know that Tony's I been haunted. They wouldn't. I mean, it's been the culmination of Three, four movies, five movies. Five movies. Five movies. Yeah. Counting this one, five movies. We count Homecoming, then six movies. Six. Okay, yeah. He's been haunted with the visions of the rest of the Avengers dying. Right. And it's connected to him. Now, you could end it with Tony stepping away and getting married, but I think if you do that, the question of where's Iron Man, why isn't there a drone, why isn't there something else, is always going to be a question, without giving the suit to Rhodey completely. I think he's already re- revealed himself as Iron Man, so they uh, they'd know why there wasn't an Iron Man anymore because he's married and he's uh, married and he's settled down now. Mm. Yeah, but if the end of the world comes again, why doesn't Iron Man step up and put on a suit? Yeah, you know. So then they have if uh, you know Tony Stark. He's Tony Stark now. You know that. <laughs> It's not a matter of, of him revealing himself. So, it's not, you know, that is the Tony question. Tony Stark has uh, stepped away. They get the replacement uh, guy to be in the suit, and they just have a, a movie Iron Man separate from, you know, Tony Stark now. Yeah, nobody can I guess be, we could do Iron Heart. Yeah, <laughs> nobody can be Robert Downey Jr. No, that's true. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is Stark. They just have to replace the guy. It had to have to be a completely different character. Yeah, I think as I think at this far point, away from Tony Stark as possible. Yeah. I think at this point you can't James Bond him. Right. But I I just don't think that's how they're going to do it. I I think he's going to end with his death. But that's just me. If there's anybody who's going to have a solidified death aside from the rest of the Arg- uh Asgardian cast, I think, think it's Tony. Probably, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's Maybe. always a question mark. You never know. You never know. Maybe Pepper and Mary, Mary Happy. Take that, world. Oh, that happened in the comic. Yeah, it did once. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, because it did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I find it unlikely, but yeah, like, culmination of the wedding seems to be the most likely place only because up until this point, the biggest piece being homecoming whenever Happy, like, yeah, I've had this ring for like five years or ten years or whatever he says. And then gives it to him right before they go to the press conference that was supposed to announce the new Avenger. And then instead announce something else we didn't see. And then the next time we're talking to him, they're talking about a possible wedding. And everything he says to everybody he meets new, you're not invited to my wedding. But Wong, you are. Because you're nice. Screw that other Sherlock guy. <laughs> Which is, I don't know. I, if we get that, I think that'd be kind of neat. But 
storyline wise to write him out entirely, you have to kill him. That's the only way you can write him out entirely. It would make sense as a good end for his arc. I just don't think that's the way they're going to go. We'll see. There's a DC universe at the end of death for sure. Yeah, but that's because they hate comic characters. No, I don't think that's they the case. They don't understand don't like comic happiness. Books. They don't like happiness. <laughs> they don't understand comics. The movies. Then we'd also get Michelle, Ironheart, Jacqueline. Riri? And she'll she'll replace him. No, no, can't have any names that make sense. Oh, her right. middle name will be the Ironheart yeah, for no right. reason at all. We'll <laughs> wait until the end of the movie to reveal it. As long as it's Jean-Claude Van Damme that does it, I'm fine with it. As long as he's the one that reveals, you are Ironheart, then great. But in his French-Swedish weird accent. Well, we could we could get somebody in there. Unfortunately, the perfect guy for Jean-Claude would have been Whiplash. And that's that's done. No, no, he won't be casting anybody but Jean-Claude Van Damme. No, he'll just be Jean-Claude, Jean-Claude Van Damme. tells her she's the Ironheart. Because the Ironheart movie, Rob. And she'll be like, oh, literally, that's my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. That's if it was DC. Oh, that's my gosh. He doesn't show up before the movie, uh, oh, before any scene. No, any actor. absolutely not. He's just, like, walking uh, walking on the set, you know, eating not an on apple set, or like something like that. He's just, oh, yours. You are the Iron Heart. You have I mean, I guess they could be entering her to underground fighting arena, but I mean, that'd be too on the nose, right? And then everybody just looks as he walks off the uh, walks off the set, and they go, "Was that? Was that John Claude? Was that just John Claude that day? <laughs> Who let him in here? What? He's like he gets in anywhere. Yeah, I, I, mean, I think it's that wrestling. I don't know. Guy. Weird, <laughs> right? Stupid. Okay, um, I think that's enough about the movie. Rob, if you're going to score the movie on a scale of five like we do for comic books, what would you score for the movie? You know what? It's tough. Uh, I would, I would actually give it, I'd give it a five. I, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, even though they took cues from the Gauntlet story, they made it really their own. The direction for it I thought was really well. They use all the pieces very well. They make Thanos matter. And in the end of that story, you're you're left generally blown away. And even the little Easter eggs were pretty nice at the end. So it's as close to like a perfect film, I think, as you can get for the Avengers stuff. So I'd, I'd have to give it a five. Okay. Craig? Mm, been struggling with giving it a score of what all. I, I like the movie. I like it a lot. Is just so ADD with so much going on. There's always like eight groups of bang for your buck, Craig. There's like eight groups of heroes going on. Yeah, you're for a while there. It's hard to see a piece together how everything is fitting together because this group is all off in left field doing something, and this group is off doing something in right field, and there's all this stuff going on in the middle. It's got uh, a good humor, though, all through the thing, you know, to liven things up when it needs to be li- uh, livened up. Got great action scenes and great fight scenes. The fight scene on Titan with uh, just Spider-Man and, uh, and teleporting all over the uh, place with with uh, Strange's help and whatnot is spectacular. Maybe the uh, one of the most, uh, best fight scenes I've seen in the uh, years. Uh, I'll give it a four and a half. It's just, it's not a movie that you can see once and pick up everything, I don't think. 
Yeah. I can I give you that. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that happens. And, it's, and I think it holds up fine as its own separate thing, but at the end of the movie, you go into it and you know there's going to be a second movie to, to to resolve all this stuff. Sure. Oh, yeah, you know there's a continuation. All right. Um, Score-wise, you know, yeah, I'd give it a four and a half also. Like, it, it's really, really good. Like, movie-wise, it's fun to watch. It's got good, like you said, good humor. They Everybody gets to highlight at least a little bit character-wise. There's not anybody that shines super hard over everybody else. So I thought that was really neat. I, their pacing, I think, is pretty good. I didn't have any problem with, with the multiple locations and multiple groups, but I, mm-hmm. I think I like more chaos anyway, so that's probably why. As far as the things movie-wise, I think they did a really good job. And I, I'm pretty impressed with pretty much how everything works. I mean, the only thing I didn't get that I wanted was scrolls, and I think that's still coming, so whatever. Second movie, Steve. That's very possible. And have you seen the poster from Captain Marvel? There's a scroll on the poster. Mm. I'm just saying. Hawkeye's a scroll. Hashtag Hawkeye's a scroll. They say that's not how it works, Steve. When you say it, you have to type it. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. No, Maybe. Actually, that is exactly how it works. I know it is. That's, it was a joke. Anyway, um, so Rob, what'd you learn today? I learned that Steve's still hung up on Trash Panda. That is true. It's the funniest thing ever. It is. It's so funny. Uh, Craig, what'd you learn today? Huh? Oh, uh, I learned that Rocket Raccoon is, uh, the movie verse Blackjack Rabbit. That's, that's true. That's, Rob, what I learned today? You learned that it's probably way more fan fiction-y for Loki to be somehow surviving inside of, uh, Hulk than anything else. And that evidently really hung up on the ED joke. <laughs> like, why wasn't this in the movie? Because it was simple writing. Come on, people. Simple writing. That's what makes me mad. Oh. Simple writing that's lost. Mm. <sighs> what about what about uh, the other thing I learned today? Hmm. That two Sherlock's apparently cancel each other out. And oh. nobody can mention it. See, that's way better than the first one. I still like, uh, I still like Blackjack Rabbit, though. That's right. You're a work in progress, Craig. Mm-hmm. The second right. one's better. You know, you know what the, the, the thing that a lot of fans get hung up on, and I don't know why people are so, like, connected to this. Alright, so in, in the Infinity War, or Infinity Gauntlet comic, it's Silver Surfer that smashes through the roof instead of the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And people are, like, losing their mind. Ah, oh, they replaced the, the Surfer with Hulk. Like, it doesn't matter, guys. It's fine. Get over it. It's gonna happen. It's cool, whatever. What about replacing the uh, X-Men and the Fantastic Four with the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, nobody cares about that. <laughs> oh, right. That's, okay, take that. Well, I'm still hoping that they'll have a, a Fantastic Four uh, a reveal in the next movie then. Be cool. I doubt it. I guess we'll see if paperwork's been done or not. <laughs> well, you know, or whether I guess they got them back. Well, at this point they haven't. The Fox merger thing apparently hasn't been approved yet. Oh, I thought they had already gotten the four. I thought they got them back because they lapsed on the movie deal. Oh, they might have. Oh, they did actually. That's true. Yeah, I thought they got them back oh. about the same time they got Punisher back. No, separate from Punisher. That's why they put that movie out in the mm-hmm. first place. Punisher and Daredevil all lapsed at the same time. Which is why we got Daredevil first and Punisher second simply because of cost problem. They didn't have their cast for it. But yeah, the Daredevil one reverted. Punisher reverted. They made a Fantastic Four movie and tried to force Marvel to buy it. Marvel didn't buy it. They put it out themselves, and that was not a good idea. 
And then you fast forward the seven years till now, and yeah, I do remember hearing about that. That's why we're getting a new Fantastic Four comic. Well, I thought that's why we we're getting the scrolls too. The scrolls were tied up in that too. Very possible. But I mean, the big thing is you, you gotta wait for that stink to cool down. Cause otherwise, people are gonna try to link the Fantastic Four movies, and that's just not gonna work. That's true. Yeah. Well, you do a good thing suit, because thing is your, uh, thing is your face. Weirdly enough. <laughs> for being the ugly guy, it kind of is. <laughs> so, you do a good suit for that. You know, you uh, introduce them showing up in, you know, your Avengers or one of your good movies or whatever. Like, oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, I have no doubt that it can work. You just have to make a good movie. Oh. Yeah, yeah we'll the, see. In one of the, in one of the uh, teasers or whatever. They uh, they in the move and they in the movie with them uh, getting into some sort of uh, crazy trouble, and you just hear orange orange fists uh, hitting each other. It's clobbering time. <laughs> That'd be kind of a cool cool ending. I would be more along the lines of in Captain Marvel. We have a group of scientists get lost in space, cosmic radiation style. There you go. But you know that's just After- me. Of course, after all the heroes come back. Right. Not, uh, now, well, I'd say yeah. in Captain Marvel, that way it's been predecessed, but you don't actually have them return until after the, mm-hmm. the end of Infinity. So the ship returns back after the end of Infinity Gauntlet, or Infinity War, or Infinity, whatever the next movie's called. Crusade. Mm, could be. War, Gauntlet. Whatever. Infinity, Infinity. Whatever the part two is. Infinity Rebirth. Mm. Infinity Rebirth, there you go. All right, Infinity, I think Heroes uh, Reborn. That's enough of that. <laughs> you have to have the four around to make that happen. And Professor X, so good luck with that. <laughs> you want popular titles. Oh, if right. you're going to steal a title, you want right. to have a popular, popular title. He's, he's right. Although, popular. I guess Age of Ultron, yeah, it's debatable. Yeah, well, it was good when it came out. Mm. It's a little broken, but, you know, yeah. whatever. People read it. Infinity Inferno. It, that's also another X-Men one, but yeah. <laughs> Inferno was a good one. So, that's true. Okay, I think that's it. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, that's all right. So, Tiki. All right. Tiki. 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 Tiki.